sit back, relax, take the weight off your feet. Easy for you to say. We're here to take all your problems away. Mate, I've got to be honest, I think that's a little bit beyond what we're capable of. Okay, okay, okay. We're here to take one of your problems away. I think that even that's a stretch. My name's Thomas. <laughs> and I'm Joe. Grab your jam. <laughs> Grab your glutted cream. It's time for a cream tea. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Time for a Cream Tea. Copyright. My name is Joe. My name is Thomas. And we are back for another episode. Of time for a cream tea. We are joined today. Hang on. Do you not want to know who I am? Do you not care about catching up with me this week? Oh, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Joe, how are you? Thomas. I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I don't really have much to update you on. I don't have anything to update you on, really. I just go from one day to the next, (laughs) plodding along until eventually I shall meet my demise. Uh... Guys, if you're worried for Joe, do well, like, hey, do no, be worried. I'm not worried for me. I'm. It's so, life's just so fine. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's fine, all right. It's fine. fine. <laughs> uh, I just plod from one day to the next. Not much has changed. I mean, I did go to Spring Harvest last week. I was stage manager for Centre Stage. Mm. That was very posh. fun, but exhausting. I had a good time, and um, but yeah, it was it was just very tiring, but fun to be stage manager. Met some cool people. What do you have to do as stage manager? What does that look like for you, Joe? Oh, sure. So, as stage manager, I am in charge of ensuring that the running order that has been made for the service is kept gotcha. to, gotcha. which is not massively important in the mornings. <laughs> in the mornings, but in the evenings, you've got um, when you've got multiple services happening. Obviously, we need to keep things on time because we need to get people out to then get the next gotcha. group in and then especially in the the very last session that you do hmm. you have like curfew times for for noise levels yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. so i was just in in charge of making sure that things ran on time um and just generally looked pretty i didn't really fulfill that part of the brief but um <laughs> sad <laughs> But yeah, it, it it was fun. It's the first time I've I've stage managed. Obviously, I've done a lot of production stuff before with with AV and and stuff like that. So first time I've stage managed. Aston it was Villa. Hmm? Aston Villa. Audio visual, Thomas. <laughs> Audio visual. <laughs> that sums us up. <laughs> I think the, of football. It's a tale of two lives, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> tale of two cream teas, eh? Oh yes, mm. yes, mm. yeah, indeed, indeed, mm. huh, Thomas. How have you been? I've been good, thanks. Uh, keeping busy, mm. you know, as always. You know me. You know, I'm always keeping busy. I know you. Um, got a London Marathon this weekend. Oh, you're yeah. coming with me. I am. My little Thomas. My little number one. Supporter. You're you the London Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Who are you running in aid of? I am running for the charity called Scope. Uh, Scope's I've practiced this. Scope's aim is to bring everyday equality to disabled children. Wow! And so they work uh, with the government to try and achieve that. And for me personally, it's uh, 
to do with my nephew who has autism and so I'm running so that hopefully one day there's enough uh, resources that he can uh, have the help that he needs to be able to understand things more and then hopefully one day he'll understand that I ran a marathon and know that I did it for him great so that's that's and, the plan um, uh, what's your what's your fundraising target it is uh, was is still is two thousand pounds great got a more than li- halfway there yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm nearly there yeah. got a little bit of time to go and I'm sure by the time this episode comes out the uh, the London Marathon would have been a week ago um, and your fundraising page will still be open it will still be open great Thank so you, look down in the description for a um, link a link to the fundraising page and don't forget to click gift aid to add 25% to your donation mm-hmm. if you are a UK taxpayer at no additional cost to yourself as long as it is your own money and you are not giving money on the behalf of someone else in- indeed there are a number of legal declarations that you must make in order to claim gift aid and if you lie on any of them then may the full weight of the law come, sh- come <laughs> crashing down upon you we talk, we talk you. biblical law and actual law yes indeed indeed but yes uh, do click that gift aid button to maximise your donation and if you are a 40 or 45% taxpayer then you can receive additional tax relief by contacting HMRC <laughs> we are joined today by no other. By none other than our good friend, Megan Kelly. Hello. <laughs> just only hand it to her to say one word. Yeah. <laughs> and then just pull this it away. Is, uh, she's going to remain, you know, well-reigned, um, <laughs> shall we say. Um, no, we are, we are joined by Megan Kelly. Megan, it's great to have you with us. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. What does what does day to day life look f- like for you, Megan? <laughs> um, to be honest, n- nothing extravagant. You started a new job, don't lie. I did start a new job. I'm working for the youth justice team, so oh. with young offenders, which is great fun. Never a dull day. I live with my sister. Started going to a new church, which is great. Um, Finding new communities, all that fun stuff. (laughs) 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 Yeah, is that a good summary for you? Perfect. We have brought Megan onto the podcast today Mm. just to be part of a conversation. Yeah, it's not going to be an interview style podcast like we do with other guests. We just didn't want it to be one sided, did we? No, no. And and I think that we have three different perspectives potentially mm. for this conversation and the mm. question that we are asking is well joe should christians only ever date other christians it's a big question it's a big question if when you hear that question ladies and gentlemen what's your off the cuff immediate reaction to that question megan i need a Say yes or no. So not not as simple as a yes or no. Correct. Thomas, what about you? Uh, I would advise against it. What about you, mate? I would say... I, I, I also would advise against it. However, it's not as simple as a yes or no answer for me. And I will specifically be talking from a Catholic perspective as a Catholic... Within, yeah. within the context so of we'll, we'll bear that in mind anytime Joe is talking 
it has Catholic backing. Correct. So let's start with the the Bible verse that is quite often brought up when this question is asked, and it's from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Thomas, do you have it for us? I do. It says this. This is the NIV, so take it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, at least okay. it's not the message. The message would have been, do what you want, man. <laughs> it says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteous and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness what harmony is there between christ and belial is that right sure or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever what agreement is there between the temple of god and idols for we are the temple of the living god Mm. that's an interesting verse thomas it is it's an interesting verse and um one as i said that is often brought up in this conversation um i don't think that that's necessarily being explicit about romantic relationships but about broader relationship potentially between people and community but but looking within the context of being unequally yoked Mm. within the context of romantic relationship how could one not think or how could one never believe that one could be with someone who's not a Christian so here's I'll, I'll start with what I think so I think if you're applying this to relationships right in general we're talking in general now is what we've we've said the rule is is if in general you shouldn't be hanging out with I mean hanging out is like a casual saying I think it's wise to find a good community of Christian people that have the same beliefs as you are aiming for the same thing it's the same as football like if you're all on the same page you're gonna achieve a lot more and a lot better so i'm in my mind i'm like if i apply that to friendships like even more to relationships like if i'm dating someone i'm trusting them with like i'm trusting them with who i am i'm trusting them with like parts of my life and vulnerable parts of of like just things that happen and things of like who you are and there's broken things and and all of that so I think to to like apply it to friendships only more stronger applies it to relationships in my opinion because I think it becomes like it, it's there talking about all relationships and so why would we then go into relationship and know that it's only going to cause problems if someone's a non-Christian to you being a Christian dating them. Yeah, I think it's strange because relationship, in my opinion, I think like whereas before I said I couldn't say yes and I couldn't say no, I know what the Bible says and I believe that the Bible says no. <laughs> but my worldly part of my heart and my mind says, well, I know there's ways around it and like things can go well and blah, 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 which in some cases I believe they do. Like my mum and my dad, my dad was a Christian, my mum wasn't ended up in a relationship with each other mum gave her life to jesus and it's been beautiful since and like they continue to serve each other and serve people around them and it's wonderful but like i think if you're only applying that bit of scripture to friendships like in my opinion the the greatest friendship you're going to have is with your husband or with your wife that is a good word megan thank you so my argument for it my argument against it 
is the worldly part of me that still wants to experience it. So biblically, I think they put it quite clearly. But in the world, there's ways around it. And I get that because, of course, we want to see God move. Yeah. And God moves in like incredible ways. And if that is in ways of relationships like this situation, then like, praise God that it works. Mm. But what if it doesn't, Megan? Absolutely. But then what if it doesn't work between two Christians? <laughs> I think that's a really good point. Um, because, you know, when we look at the divorce rate in, in society, it's pretty much the same in broader society as it is within the church. And I think, um, which obviously sucks and is a real shame. I think when you when you look at the whole kind of thing of being equally yoked as being just with someone who has the same fundamental beliefs as you, I think sometimes even that can be a little bit too simplistic. Because Thomas, if you think of like you and I, me as a Catholic, you as an evangelical, we have the same core belief. Yeah. Jesus came, Jesus died, he rose again. He saved us from our sins, etc., etc., etc. We have the same core beliefs, yeah. but our beliefs about ha- about family life and raising a family are polar opposites. I, I think just having the title of Christian or the label of Christian, I think, I think sometimes might might not be specific enough, if you know what I mean. So, like for me as a Catholic, I wouldn't consider dating outside of the Catholic Church, yeah. even though I've met plenty of amazing Christian women women. (laughs) oh yeah yeah, plenty I've met plenty of of amazing God-loving women but when it comes to how I as a Catholic want to raise my family um, and and what I envisage that looking like the reality is is that it just wouldn't work like I've got my non-negotiables as a Catholic right which are no contraception Wow. to be used within the marriage which is a you know uh, a teaching of the catholic church my children will be baptized and raised as catholic i want um to be married inside of a catholic church i have never met a cr- non-catholic christian woman who aligns with me on all of those things and because for me they're non-negotiables it's for me I, date, dating a christian i think would just be futile because i think I think you can make a. Re- I think you can make dating work. I think you can make a marriage work until kids come along. Mm. I think. I think the the biggest points of contentions, mm. I think, is when kids come along and you then start differing on how to raise them. I think that can cause real problems. So for me, the the, the best thing for me to do is to ensure that I am that I that I am with someone who has the same worldview as me, has the same um, perspectives as me and wants to raise their children in the same way because I think you need to be a united front on those things. Um, But having said that, it's not to say that it can't work. Like my parents are the same, right? My dad's not a a Catholic, my mum is. But then there's something to be said about back then, even just in broader society, a lot more of broader society had Christian values. Yeah. Whereas you don't really see that these days necessarily. Mm. Um, so for my dad, when he met my mum, and my mum was like, "These are my non-negotiables. My children will be raised as Catholic, etc., etc." All the things that I've said, my dad was on board with it because that was his values, just as a 
Christian person in the context of a <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. like a societally Christian person, if you know what I mean. And you know, they've been married for I want to say 34, 35 years, and it's groovy. So that's why for me, it's not a necessarily a simple yes or no answer if we're just talking about the broader question on whether people should or shouldn't. But for me personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't date a non-Catholic. Megan, do you have any experience with this? Any <laughs> advice you want to share whilst we're, whilst we're on the subject? Yeah, I guess I've, sort of like dip my toe into like the world of dating I did not think you were going to say dip my toe <laughs> dipped my toe into the world of dating and and yeah don't get me wrong it's not been an awful experience but I think I think the main challenge for me I found is when like you're in the whole getting to know each other stage and sort of airing all your dirty laundry I think I used to water down actually the importance of my faith to them because I didn't want to scare them. And although they knew that I loved Jesus and church was a part of my life and that was something that I wasn't willing to give up, I still watered down the importance of that. And in the long run, it was like, well, actually, you're not going to be able to handle that fullness of who I am. So you're not going to be able to fully sort of support it, if that makes sense. Um, but then that being said, there's been scenarios where people have been fully supportive and fully understanding and all that fun stuff. And I think in many ways, it's like it is an opportunity to be able to share who Jesus is and what he's done for you in your life, but also not put pressure on the fact of converting them and making them say yes to Jesus, but rather just be like, well, this is who I am. I'll be praying that one day that you find that. But I, th I think you, you need to go into it with the expectation of taking them as they are um, rather than putting pressure on them to just turn around and say, well, take me to church. <laughs> Come to all the worship evenings because it doesn't happen that quickly. Yeah. Yeah, if you date someone to try and convert them, that's Not manipulation. Full-on manipulation. Please never do that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think dating someone with any kind of expectation that they would convert, um, you know, whether that be in, in, in the context of a, a Christian with a non-Christian or for me as a Catholic with a non-Catholic Christian, yeah. uh, I think is, is really, like, poor show. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't think you should date with any expectation that they will convert, but I think what's important for people to think about when they're thinking about that is you also shouldn't go into dating without some sort of look towards marriage right yeah. so i think if you're going to put yourself in a position where you are going to be okay with dating someone who's a christian that also needs to be in, or someone who isn't a christian rather that that needs to be in conjunction with are you happy like would you be comfortable marrying a non-christian and i think if you're if you wouldn't marry a non-christian then you shouldn't date a non-christian yeah because ultimately you should be dating to marry you shouldn't just be dating to jump from one person to another so i, I got saved when i was 23 
22, whatever I was, 23. It was 2018. I think I just turned 23. Um, 22. You were just about to turn 23. No, because it was, it was before my birthday. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I was 22. August the 8th. Well done, mate. Uh, so I was 22 when I got saved. And since that day, like this is why I find this hard, because since that day, I've never thought of dating a non-Christian. Like it just hasn't entered my mind. And like, that's probably just the way the Lord's worked in my life. And probably because he's smart and knows that if I go near a non-Christian today, it would be toxic as hell. Because uh, I always think about like the fact that like without Jesus, I'm selfish, like so selfish. Without Jesus, I'm like, I'm only ever thinking about myself, I'd say, going into certain things. Like, I think it's so hard when you've been a non-Christian for so long, you see those patterns of like, where you're like, wow, I was thinking of myself. Or, wow, I wasn't loving that person. I was trying to love myself by loving that person. Mm. Like, even in that. And I just think about going into marriage, like, not having Jesus to be like, like, you need to choose your wife today. Like, every day. Mm. Like, that reminder of, like, you need to choose your wife today. Like... But then on the, on, also on the, on the flip side of that, having her thinking... Exactly. I need to choose like my Like, someone today. else, like, yeah. fighting for you as well. Yeah. Because, they're, because you've got, like, more than just them fighting for you. Yeah. It's You've the, got the cord like, of three strands, isn't it? Yeah. It isn't e easily broken. Yeah. And so I just think like the the pureness that is in that is so much greater than just hoping for someone to become a Christian. Mm. Like there's such like purity and love in knowing that Jesus is reminding you both to choose the other person every day. And it doesn't become like this is a 50% marriage. Sure. that you do your half I'll do my half it's like we're both giving 100% to follow the Lord both on the same team yeah both have a common and and as you're running towards that goal of like Jesus is the end result and we just happen to be alongside each other getting to do it then everything else I guess just falls into place sure like the way that you like obviously there's there's life things and life things happen and communication is communication but I think if you if you've got to move house let's say like you go, okay, I'll pray about it. And suddenly you've got this like denominator that goes, okay, you can go and hear what we actually need to go and do. And I can hear what I need to, what I need to hear for what we're going to do because the Lord is the one that's in control of that. And he'll tell you both in the right time and he'll like guide you through those. And so I just couldn't imagine not doing that. Yeah. Whereas someone else might be like, oh, you go pray, I'll go to the estate agent. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that, it's like everything becomes harder. Like you say, kids becomes harder because like one person is fighting for their, for the goal of the kids becoming like, for the kids knowing Jesus yeah. compared to two people doing it. Mm. Like, I just think everything becomes, it's not, and I know it's not about it being easier, but I just see so much more yeah. like glory in that. Yeah, I think, I think one of, if not the most important thing in a marriage is that you have the same values. And values aren't necessarily religious values. It can be political values, worldviews, um, social values, all of those sorts of things. But I think that's so important, more so, way more important than interests and and, and stuff like that. And obviously for people of faith that your your religious beliefs tend to um 
define your values when it comes to kind of other things and yeah. the sorts of values that you want to instill in your children and uh, you know potentially values that the wider society might not think are, are acceptable for example so then you know what do you do if you then come to loggerheads you know you like with your partner over it if they're not a christian it's like well you're not teaching our kids that <laughs> it's my worst nightmare mate yeah my absolute worst nightmare i'd i'd rather i'd rather be single forever yeah that makes sense my absolute worst nightmare to to have kids and for my and, and for me to fail in having my kids raised in the way that i think is the right way to raise them I think, like, when Joe was talking, I think it was making me realise, like, the difference between, like, dating life as a Christian and dating life as a non-Christian. Like, it's very, very different. Like, whereas when you're dating a Christian, you get to know each other very differently. And I think a lot quicker. And then, like, a lot deeper level. I think if if you're not sort of compatible in that sense, like, with morals and with how your life's gonna look, and all that stuff, then it's probably not going to work long term. But I found with non-Christians, those questions aren't asked. Like, you, I don't think I've sat and had a conversation with a non-Christian that I've been dating about marrying him or <laughs> our children or like living circumstances or like the priorities. I don't think those questions have been had. Um, which in some ways is like, it, I, I see it as a negative I think those things you do need to know and you do need to have like a base level understanding of how you want your life to look long term but nine times out of ten you're not going to have those conversations with somebody that you're not on the same level with because your priorities lay differently mm-hmm. um, and that's not me saying that people like non-Christians don't think about their futures or like who they're going to live with or how many kids they're going to have and how their kids are raised I think they do but when you're first stepping into a relationship with somebody, that's not a priority to find out where I think it should be. Yeah, and I think the reality is is for, for non-Christians, they, they can live a married life without being married. Yeah. So, you know, if they're already living together, already sleeping together, then really what difference does marriage make? Just a label, isn't it? It's just a label. Yeah. Whereas, you know, marriage for us is a, is a sacrament. Yeah. it's it's a joining of souls you know it's something that's so much deeper than just moving in together and being able to have sex it's so much deeper than that so I, I, th- I think I think probably the reason why those kind of questions aren't on the mind of a non-Christian is because it, it, I just don't think it's on the radar whereas at least all of the girls that I've, you know, talked to you know, over the however many years. You big dog, you. <laughs> <laughs> but those sorts of questions, and nothing's ever gone anywhere, ultimately, but those questions have always been asked pretty early on. And it's not like it's necessarily been me, like, trying to, like, bleed a stone to no, get that information. Yeah. Like, you both... Like, why am I here to waste time? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like tell me so that you're either it yeah. or not it. Yeah, uh, but like, yeah. but like it's it's sort of a thing that it you that that information is wanting is wanted to be known from both sides of it. I think when yeah. you're both Christians, because it's both like it's both super important. And, and you're right. Like, what's the point in 
what's the point in ignoring those questions to date someone for six months or whatever? Yeah, and you'll find expel, out. Expel. Oh, well, we can't get yeah, married, so that's yeah, the end of that. Expel all of that emotional energy just to find out that you have a completely different view of how, yeah. of what married life would look like. Like, what waste of time. So do you know what? I think... <laughs> I think we started this conversation just with a, with an off the cuff off off the cuff remark of of being potentially all three of us in slightly different places. I think we've all ended it pretty much in the same place, right? Yeah. Of it's it's yeah, certainly like, possible. Yeah. But we would very much advise against it. And we don't want to take away from people that have been in this situation and it's worked for you. No. Like Absolutely praise not. God for that. Yeah, hundred percent. But I bet you speak to any of those people that they wish they'd done it slightly different. That being that the other person was already a Christian. Sure. I, I can always guarantee you. Mm-hmm. Because I bet it had its problems. Christian to Christian has its problems. But sure. I think I think any non any person that's been in this situation where they've dated a non Christian, they've become a Christian. I bet somewhere in there they, they say about that they wish it had been slightly different. Yeah. Or if they're in a or if they're like in a relationship a with a non Christian that it might be amazing and it might be going really well and it might have always been real but i'm sure the christian one would would love to be able to walk alongside or have their spouse yeah or partner walk alongside them in that yeah um faith is never meant to be done alone no let alone inside a marriage no so yeah we kind of like all cool headed down the same path in the end so there there you go ladies and gentlemen there's half an hour of rambling that actually has ended up with a coherent answer at the end yeah you're welcome we wouldn't recommend dating a non-Christian, but it's certainly possible and it can work, but it will not be without its challenges. Mm. Megan, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great to have your wisdom and your um, feminine charm. Oh, well, thank you. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> <laughs> to have your female point of view. Thank you very much. <laughs> I second that. I second that. It was so wonderful <laughs> to have you. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> so wonderful to have you here on time for a cream tea. It's always a pleasure. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, never a Here we are at the end of another episode of the podcast, but don't fret. We'll be back next month with another episode of Time for a Cream Tea, our final one before we break for the summer. It's very, very exciting. Come on. Thomas, what are you most looking forward to for summer? Golf. Summer golf. Megan? I'm going to see Harry Styles, which is actually the highlight of my Okay, course. cut her let's out. Move, <laughs> let's move on from that. Um, <laughs> Joe? What am I most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to seeing Jack Johnson. Looking forward to seeing Jack Johnson. You guys concerts, you. At the, at the Eden Project on the 23rd of June. I'm also excited for beach trips. Oh. With you lot. And, and most importantly, my girlfriend. Yeah, I'm... I, cut the golf. I... <laughs> cut the golf. <laughs> I'm looking forward to going to the beach, us digging a hole, making a fire... <laughs> Just digging a hole for no reason because yeah. hashtag men, you know? <laughs> Literally, right? <laughs> making a fire, put, making mm, steaks on mm-hmm, the beach. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just staying out until like half ten on the beach. Wild. <laughs> Flipping heck, Wild you. Wild mate. Liver, you. Isn't that, isn't that a Hillsong hill band, Wild and Free? Isn't that yeah, a it hill is. Song thing? Yeah. yeah, it 
Is it Wild and Free? Tonight. No, not that one. That's We Are Young. It's Young and Wild. Young and Free. Young and Wild. Should I just end the podcast? Young Wild. I don't know. <laughs> Guys, it's been great. Thanks for listening. I've been me. You've been me. You. But you to Megan has been me. Megan has been her. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. That's controversial. So much. Oh, wait, is it, is it, who is it? Is that, ladies and gentlemen, her. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. Thanks for tuning in to Time for a Cream Tea. We will see you next month. Bye. Bye.